this week on Worldview amid global moves for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, as well as uh, for a peace conference for Russia and Ukraine. Is there any role for India in bringing an end to conflicts? Also, as Indians seek jobs in the conflict zones in Israel as well as Russia, does the government need new protocols to protect them, to protect Indian emigrants going there? Help. Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. Now, they may seem like very disparate issues, but we are looking at two separate aspects of the Ministry of External Affairs' role in conflicts. Both were in the news this week, which is why we're talking about both of them, one on mediation, the other on how to protect immigrants. First, the latest in the Israel war on Gaza that is entering its sixth month shortly. It's already completed nearly five months the condition of about 2 million people in Gaza, crowded into the southern part of the Gaza Strip, gets more dire by the day, with homes bombed, no access to food or clean water, and no way out. This week, 112 people were killed as crowds awaited an aid, food aid, and thronged the trucks bringing them as Israeli soldiers manning the convoy then opened fire. The clock certainly seems to be ticking as a result, on an Israel-Hamas ceasefire plan. U.S. President Biden had said it would be done by Monday this week. That hasn't happened. Now many believe that it will come in by the beginning of Ramzan or Ramadan, as it's known in the Middle East. That's around March 9th or 10th. More than 30,000 people have already been killed, 70,000 injured, mostly women and children, in the Israeli bombardment and ground operations that, of course, were held at this point in retaliation for the October 7th terror attacks in Israel that left about 1140 dead. So if there is a ceasefire, uh, some of those killings will stop for the moment. But there are already many other problems on the ground. Uh, the ceasefire would also pave, pave the way for more hostage releases by Hamas. About 100 or so Israelis still remain in the group's custody since October. And the hope is that those will be released as part of the next ceasefire. So far, mediation efforts, and remember there was already one ceasefire in December, they've been run by the US and Qatar on behalf of Israel and Hamas. Countries like Egypt and Jordan have also been involved in the effort. So that's what's happening on the ground on one conflict. The other big conflict, Russia's war in Ukraine, where also we're seeing mediation attempts being stepped up. This is into its Third year now, two years already done in this conflict. At the request of Ukraine, Switzerland's government is working on a peace conference later in March, at the end of March, where they hope to bring both Russia and Ukraine to the table. The idea seems to have germinated at the Davos conference in January, and perhaps the conference itself will be held in Davos. Swiss officials are in fact requesting India to attend with the hope that India could play some kind of a part in bringing Russia to the conference or even on working on a ceasefire. Like with Israel, India has spoken to both Russian and Ukrainian leaders, uh, but not offered any criticism. So India has been in touch on both sides of the conflicts. India has also sent humanitarian aids to both, uh, to Gaza, of course, and to Ukraine as well. But India is not sending any infrastructural aid as Kiev had requested. So far, New Delhi has in fact said it sees no role in mediation in either conflict, although it has conveyed some messages to Moscow. This is what the External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar has said. Uh, messages, uh, for example, for the Grain Initiative, Grain Deal Initiative, 
last year, uh, as well as the nuclear safety concerns for Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. And those have been fairly helpful. But if you look at India's uh, reasons for not taking part in, uh, in a larger way in these conflicts, you have to look at the history. So what is the history of India's involvement in international mediation? It's quite limited. In the 1950s, there was the Korean crisis and India did actively mediate at that time to control the conflict, control escalation, led the UN Commission on Korea, held elections and also worked on the repatriation of prisoners between the two Koreas. An important role in that one conflict. Around the same time, India also took a role in the Vietnam War uh, and tried to negotiate, negotiate a ceasefire. We've seen India's efforts in the Suez Canal crisis as well. However, since then, decades ago, India has had little interest in mediation for a number of other reasons. Uh, one, that India's founding role in the non-aligned movement has really prompted it to stay away from taking positions on conflicts, being non-aligned, especially from the big powers. Second, India does have limited leverage. India is not a mem permanent member of the UN Security Council, nor is its share of global economy and trade less than 3% at present, enough to take a decisive position that makes a difference. The third, India has consistently opposed mediation in conflicts like Jammu and Kashmir or conflicts within India. You've often heard the phrase, no third party mediation. It would be bilateral. So mediating would open India to questions about that policy. Fourthly, in other conflicts as well, like in Sri Lanka, India has opposed the third party mediation. For example, the Norwegian rule, which was seen in favor of the LTT. As a result, India's uh, zero tolerance policy on terrorism is really the fifth reason. It makes mediating or talking to armed groups, armed militia, are uh, uh, much more difficult as a position. Um, and finally, India's diaspora, which is in every part of the world and as a result in every conflict zone now, uh, makes it imperative for the government to make its first priority negotiating to keep Indians out of harm's way, not to resolve the conflict itself, as we saw in the Russia-Ukraine conflict this week. A word on the Ministry of External Affairs' policy for immigrants in conflict zones and where it needs to change. Of course, India discourages the travel of Indians to conflict areas. Uh, the MEA repeated that in a statement this week. This was in response uh, to a number of articles which actually were uh, did appear in the Hindu. They were authored by my colleague Vijeta Singh. You can go and see them on www.thehindu.com and the MEA's uh, response as well. The MEA controls and vets the immigration of workers to 18 countries. Um, so there are some places where the MEA feels it needs to put immigration checks. Those 18 countries, and you can find them online, include some conflict zones. So Afghanistan, Iraq, Lebanon, Libya, Sudan and South Sudan, Syria uh, and Yemen are all part of that list. But Israel and Russia, new conflicts are not. As the number of Indian expatriates have increased, Indians are increasingly getting stuck in these conflicts, either unwittingly or actually going to find jobs as helpers, as, as military personnel in these conflicts. This week, the ME actually admitted that about 20 Indians, although it's believed to be much more, had traveled to work in Russia, been taken to the front for fighting, and India is now negotiating their discharge from the Russian military. So that's an admission over there. In addition now, at the request of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu a few months ago, the government has green-lighted a recruitment drive 
for Indian construction workers who would go to Israel to replace Palestinians who, remember, have been banned now from working inside Israel after the October 7th attacks. The worry now that they too could be taken into conflict areas, including occupied territories of Gaza. Clearly, there is a need for a new policy that updates global conflict zones. So one is to update the global conflict zones. The second, to make it mandatory for those traveling there to have vetted contracts, contracts in their hand that have been vetted legally. Also, full information about where they will be deployed uh, and some amount of advance insurance paid by the employers. In fact, the Hindu had an editorial this week that looked more closely on it, and you can find that online. So what's worldviews take? As global conflicts increase and spread around the world, it is harder for India to remain uninvolved in their resolution in any way. But credibility that comes from being truly neutral in a conflict can often be the first casualty to any mediation efforts, and India has to watch out for that. At the same time, New Delhi must step up its controls of Indians going into conflict zones, lest they too be seen as partisan in the problem. So it's not just uh, the danger to them, but if Indians are seen as partisan in a problem, they too can be targeted. So these are very important points to look at as you see the MEA and Indian diplomats have a really tough task dealing with these various issues. Uh, we'll get you some reading recommendations. Of course, over the last few uh, weeks, Worldview's given you many more books on Israel, on Russia, and all the rest. So this is on mediation, one called The Mediator. It's a biography of uh, a man called Marty Atisari. He was a Finnish president uh, and was known for his role in mediation after he retired uh, in a number of different conflicts from Namibia to Kosovo, Gulf Wars, Syria, across continents. So this is a book written, it's a, one of the few books written in English uh, about the man uh, by two authors called Merikayo and Ro Kanin. Uh, there's, a, there's another book, of course, by Henry Kissinger. He talks about his role in the Arab-Israeli conflict after the Camp David uh, Accords. So this is a book written in 1995 by Henry Kissinger called Diplomacy. Uh, and it's certainly worth a read about the nuts and bolts of the issues. Another book, To End a War, The Conflict in Yugoslavia, America's Inside Stories, Negotiating with Milosevic. This is by Richard Holbrook, uh, also known as a big American negotiator. Uh, there's a biography of Richard Holbrook, if you're interested, called Our Man by George Packer, which I found very interesting. Uh, and he looks at various uh, different conflicts that Holbrook was a part of. Uh, another mediator of sorts and a politician was Tony Blair, the former UK Prime Minister, and his book, A Journey, My Political Life. He's written several books, but this one really deals with the Irish peace process and how that worked. Unless you think that I'm not talking about Indian books as well, uh, this one has just come out and you might find it interesting on the nature of conflict within India. It's called Ulfa, The Mirage of Dawn by Rajiv Bhattacharya. Uh, and he's known as, uh, as an author who has traveled to the Northeast, traveled to Myanmar in particular. He had earlier written a book called Rendezvous with Rebels. So there's a lot of reading material here for you. We hope you certainly do enjoy it and think about some of these issues and join us again here on Worldview from the team. Thanks for watching.